just because you know there's a blog post written about how to do something doesn't mean that it's the way you're supposed to do it thank you, know? you. Um, a lot of times those are just people writing stuff or just regurgitating something else to see there's not a lot of um, novel information there and so hello and welcome to tomorrow's best practices today the show where we talk to marketers who trust their gut shrug off conventional wisdom and bring a fresh point of view to their company and their customers Today, we're talking to Mark Lerner, head of marketing at BreadBox. Join Mark and our host, Brian Kramer, author of There Is No B2B or B2C, It's H2H, as they discuss marketing's role in product-led growth, creating a content strategy without content, and how to leverage your existing content. Mark, thank you so much for being here on Leadtail TV. I'm so excited to see you and be with you here. Cheers and, and welcome. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. Well, let's just dive right in and talk about, you know, what you're looking at and what you're seeing, what you're excited about, uh, you're looking forward to the most in trends um, in marketing that you're you're going to be looking forward to implementing in your own business as you're working today at RevOps, as uh, I understand you're the head of marketing there. So congratulations. And what are you looking forward to? Yeah. So, you know, one of these trends that you've probably, everybody's probably popped up on the radar and it does kind of end up being this kind of catchphrase, but, um, you know, the product led growth movement has been really, um, huge. Um, and I think that, you know, coming from a decade's worth of experience of B2B marketing in which we did the kind of traditional inbound, motion where it was like white paper download you know nurture scoring marketing qualified lead pass it to sales having come from that the term product-led growth was like wait this puts i'm not it's product-led like where does marketing fit in this am i is there any sort of um am i at risk here once i got over all of that i realized how um how much value marketing brings in this in this model how exciting um, so when you think about that kind of stuff, what goes through your mind about like process and structure and all the details and how you're putting those kinds of things together? Like, it's not just like, I mean, the fun part I would imagine is thinking it up, uh, but then how for you is structure and process? Is that fun too? And then, and then what do you do to do that, to implement it? Yeah, I think it's fun. I think there's a kind of push and pull because, um, I'm a very much, uh, like shoot from the hip kind of guy. Um, and I always have been, and I think that's kind of where the best things that I've done have come from was just like, Hey, let's try that and kind of do it under the radar and then see if it works and then tell everybody about it. Um, but I think within this motion of product led growth, it's really difficult because this requires significant, um, cross-functional work, right? So working with the product team, for example, which is really not something I'd done in the past. Product lived in that world. I lived in this world. Um, and so working within that structure that they work is a very different thing, you know, with, um, you know, the way they have their, their tasks set up. It's like a very structured process that I've never previously worked in. So on the one hand, it's it was a bit challenging, a bit daunting. On the other, it's very exciting to be able to kind of build out this whole map um, and like see it grow over time and and um, kind of 
imagine something in your head and then have, let's say the product team work on it and come back and like actually see it and come to fruition. Um, but for me, the execution and then like the results, that's the exciting part. The exciting part is like executing and then seeing what comes back and like, if it worked and it's like very exciting. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, it it is. It is nice to see something come to completion and see it working. Um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, there's, you know, life is imperfect and there's usually one little gremlin that makes it in there too, maybe that you're like, oh, we can learn from that. And can you think of something that like you went, oh, wow, that was a big learning or lesson from something that was kind of like this? I would say that for me, and given my propensity to be a kind of shoot from the hip guy, uh, I do a lot of things that don't work. Um, and then there's that one thing that does work and it's very exciting, right? Um, and yeah. there needs to be uh, an appetite in the organization you're in to be comfortable with that. I'm very lucky that we're an earlier stage company. I was the first marketing person and we're a very small team. Uh, and so I am given a lot of uh, leeway to make mistakes because, well, early on, you know, no one would have noticed, um, you know, uh, now that we have a greater under, you know, awareness in the marketplace, I have a little bit, you know, there, I have to hold back my punches a little bit. Um, in terms of what that has and hasn't worked and learning, um, there have definitely been times where I, even in, in this world, where I would come in and I think I had uh, some blinders on in terms of thinking through, uh, let's say, a campaign or an initiative uh, where I could only see, like, this is definitely going to work. People are going to love this. And it was completely just in, you know, me being a yes person to myself. Um, you know, we had this idea. It was going to be kind of this thing that you it, you would use on LinkedIn to kind of uh, give people props, similar to kind of a built-in LinkedIn function, but we, we thought we'd made it a little better. Uh, and I had all sorts of grandiose ideas of how this was going to turn out. And in reality, it, it didn't land at all. Um, but there were learnings from that, that um, A, to really, as you plan something to try to think of all the ways it could not, it could go wrong um, and how you learn from that. Um, and also understand the potential imp- like the, the, the cost of opportunity. Does it make sense to invest in this if the you know, best case scenario uh, is better or worse than doing something else? I've also learned that just because you know, there's a blog post written about how to do something doesn't mean that it's the way you're supposed to do it. Thank you. Know? you. Um, a lot of times those are just people writing stuff or just regurgitating something else they see. There's not a lot of, um, novel information there. And so, and also things have changed so fast, uh, recently and, you know, they continue to change so fast that a lot of that is not relevant anymore and, and not, doesn't really make sense, especially in this world where there is this kind of growth mindset, product led growth, all these things that a, a lot of that content you have to be able to filter it. It's kind of a unique situation where you are working uh, product-led, um, where the where is the KPI or where is the, uh, how are you going to be measured, I guess? Uh, let me yeah. just leave it at that. In the old world, kind of the traditional inbound marketing motion, there was always this idea of the marketing qualified lead. That was the thing, right? But it was this vague thing. It was almost always just, subjective from the marketing side the conversion rate between mql and sql is just like you know and and sales would live here and they would just be like what is this why are you giving this to me and so 
that metric, I think, is just I, I, I have left that world and I'm glad because it really didn't mean anything. <laughs> um, so you all heard it here first, everyone. You heard it here first. Right. So or at least I, I heard it here first. If you're familiar with that meme of Drake where he's like there's the top frame, he's kind of like like this and the other frame, he's like, you know, so the top frame yeah. where he's is the MQL and the bottom frame that he's excited about is what we would call, I guess, a PQL. Um, now, PQL is a product qualified lead. Um, and in the same way that maybe a, um, a marketing qualified lead would be somebody that has reached some sort of threshold of points based on visits and opens and all these things that you've, again, kind of subjectively decided are indicators. Um, you do the same, but kind of in the product or within the customer journey once they've uh, signed up. Um, and so that and overall acquisition of new trial users is the metric that I'm judged against and looked at. Um, you know, the amount of people that sign up for a webinar or whatever, uh, our newsletter, uh, you know, the, the, those are great, but that's not the metric of success right now. That metric of success is acquisition and like qualified acquisition. Um, and that number is, you know, we, 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 it's done quite well over the last year. We, we've seen significant growth, I think, as a result of the way we've changed our motion to really push people uh, as making the product the thing. And then working within that context of them using the product or having signed up for the product as that is now the indicator of how we market to them. I can't wait to hear how it all uh, unfolds because it's such a, you know, old, ver not, you know, it's funny that you say old versus new because, um, because it's not old. Like you even look at social media and that's not old. Are you seeing technology that's able to meet this new way of thinking? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, a lot of these marketing automation and CRM and marketing tools were built based on the inbound sale motion, right? So HubSpot like invented this term um, and even they are kind of moving away from that. Um, you know, we, I was brought up Marketo, HubSpot, these marketing automation tools that were built for this kind of nurture experience. I think that those big players are now starting to understand that that model is not the only model. Um, and there are other there are other products that are being bolted on to these kinds of CRMs to um, identify uh, product usage as a as a indicator for lead scoring or, you know, an indicator of, of a qualified lead for um, sales or different kinds of content to be um, to be nurtured with. Um, and we're seeing that a lot. We've you know, there are things like, uh, you know, CDPs like like segment. Um, or, you know, built in-house. So, you know, we've done things like um, used our SQL database to push product uh, usage information to a CRM record of individual accounts that have signed up as a way to understand what stage of their journey they are. Are they qualified? Have they uh, reached some sort of threshold that we would consider them like an active user? Um, and, um, you know, that, that, that kind of thinking um, I think I, I would say that as we go forward, the the CRMs and marketing tools are going to are going to need to implement this in out of the box. Um, there are definitely players now that are bolting on um, that are kind of talking about themselves as like a product led growth CRM or you know enables product led growth through your CRM. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think that the world is, is moving along with this um, and that's just gonna be the direction we go. That's, um, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I love when, um, when innovation drives technology uh, like that coming from marketing. Um, yeah. And not, you know, that it's, it's always been fun to see when, uh, when, when, when thoughts like this and thought leadership and, uh, and conversations like this are happening and you can see it all unfolding. And so um, I, I, I can't wait to replay this conversation a year, well, maybe even six months from now as fast a as year this is going. A year is a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long time. time. <laughs> Who knows what'll be that Yeah, long. that's a little too long. So, um, <laughs> all right, I wanna shift the conversation into your newsletter. Sure. Uh, you've steadily grown and I would love for you to tell us more about that. My default is very much like, shooting from the hip, coming up with an idea, trying it under the radar, seeing what works and then kind of introducing it to everyone. Um, and that was very, uh, that worked pretty well early on because we were not as well known in the marketplace. So, um, you know, I came into my role here, bringing that, old, you know, my previous mindset of content is the key to bringing people into your funnel. Um, and I understood that content was required to really scale up our awareness um, motion. But given that it was, I was a, a sole marketer, we did not have content to work with. How can I jumpstart this without having to spend the next month writing a blog post every day? Uh, and so I was kind of thinking through this idea of what do I do? Um, and I had this idea of like, well, I don't have to be the writer. All I have to do is be the conduit of this content. And that some of that thought leadership juice, you know, like I get it. Um, and so I had this idea like, okay, I'm going to start a newsletter in which I curate content that I find that I think is relevant to our audience. Um, and you know what, I'm going to go really crazy and it's going to be daily, you know, and everything that I knew or thought I knew told me that one a daily email is too much. It won't work. People will hate it. Um, but I was like, let's just check, try it out. And so I didn't really tell anyone. Um, and I kind of built a Zapier thing in which I would kind of curate content and would push it to an RSS feed. And we were using um, active campaign at the time. And uh, what I was doing was kind of promoting it in a non-spammy way through some uh, Slack channels and on LinkedIn. And all of a sudden leads started coming in and, and our, our team would see it because we I have our forms kind of hooked up to Slack. So when a new inbound lead comes, people were seeing it. And so they were seeing a lot of them and they're like, what is this? You know, so um, it really started taking off. Um, and you know, we're, it's, it's kind of grown to this thing that I never imagined it would be. Um, and I've kind of locked myself into a daily thing where I spent, you know, I'm at the point where I take, you know, 15, 20 minutes in the morning and, and find that content for the day. And I write like a little blurb at the top. Um, and it's a great conduit for our own content or when we have things coming up as a company. Um, it's also been an amazing way to make connections. So, um, you know, we kind of transitioned uh, some of our content into doing a lot of interviews and through people that were subscribed to the newsletter, I found, you know, um, C-suite director, VP level people that were great for interviewing. I just kind of said, hey, is anyone out there in, in this newsletter interested in getting interviewed? And I, you know, that was an amazing thing. I was able to make connections. Um, but where we also see that, you know, even over a six month period, a lot of those people will end up now in our sales funnel, even if it didn't happen right away 
I look back, I'll see a new, you know, sign up and I'll kind of go through and I'll see, you know, this, guy, this person has been signed up for our newsletter since, you know, March of last year. Um, and only now, you know, so it's like this long game and it's this nurture, um, but it's providing value and our unsubscribe rate is, is minuscule. I mean, almost never. Um, and so between the daily and we also have a weekly curated, uh, you know, we're looking at like 1500 um, subscribers that are quite active. We're getting, you know, like 35% open rates. Uh, so people are still really interested in it. Um, you know, and I get people reaching out asking me, hey, you know, hey, I, I wrote this blog post. I think it might be relevant. Can you share it? Which I'm almost always happy to do as long as it's not, you know, super promoting. Um, and so it's been a really, it's been really cool. Um, really exciting to see that. Um, and uh, it's been a great uh, way for me to do uh, market research because I can see which types of content people click on the most, and that helps dictate our content strategy as well. Uh, so it's been really awesome. Just to be clear, uh, at the very beginning, you kind of said it, but I want to make sure that everybody understands that you connected it to Zapier, and um, that was like a key component, I think. Um, and, uh, and then also you shared it and went in and I think you, you created like a human to human, which is I'm, what I'm all about, um, a, a meaningful connection with people, which is what got them into the newsletter. So it wasn't like you created ads and went in and, and did a lot of stuff yeah, around it. You, you created meaningful interactions, which is what got this going in several places. And you did that. Is that what I'm picking yes. up on that? Yeah. So one of the philosophies I really tried to bring into this role, given that we're, you know, a small company or we were small when I started and didn't have much of a marketing infrastructure was to kind of uh, manually do things that are not scalable and then figure out how to scale them. Uh, and so what I, I really, you know, what I did was I would manually go into some of these Slack groups that I'm in and say, um, you know, I've been curating content. Uh, I think you might be interested, that kind of thing. Uh, you can sign up here. And people started uh, doing that. And then uh, one of the things I started doing is at the end of each, uh, on Monday of every week, I would post the top five articles from the previous week based on clicks and say, he, these are the top five from last week. Uh, if you want to get more content like this, sign up here. So it wasn't purely promotional. It was also, and that was a huge driver of, of, of people signing up. And, and the, the places themselves don't see this as a spam play of like sign up. No. For my name letter that's not a no I, I i thought they would and but it's interesting because uh one of them when i stopped doing it uh was like why'd you stop doing it <laughs> they really? felt it brought, they they felt it brought value um I, you know I, I i i that was a very manual thing and today it's a little harder and there is a bit of a flywheel happening um just based on people going to our blog and signing up for this newsletter on their own or um, one of the things I've done is that at the bottom of the newsletter, it's something like where you forwarded this email, you know, if you're interested in getting something like this, sign up here. And so it, it has created a bit of a flywheel oh. and so that I don't really need to do that manual work anymore. I think if yeah. I did, um, I would see a big increase, but it's it's that uh, cost of opportunity thing because there's a lot, of, a lot of other um things going on. So building off that, what are what are some skills or resources? that um, you think are important for marketers, but, uh, you know, or, or you think that they want to use to create more content, 
or do you think of, and, and also actually, how do you think of yourself as a content creator? You know, being a content creator, you don't need to be Shakespeare, right? You don't need to be Hemingway. And I think that in our world of creating content, no one wants you to be, no one's going to read that. Um, but on the other side, you do need to be able to write in a way that people will, uh, that people find engaging. So I've, I think for myself, I've tried to find a middle ground between like a command of language in some way, but also not sounding academic too much. I don't think, I think that people don't find that engaging. My goal today as a, as a, as a content writer is that the person engaging with this content walks away learning something that they can use in their day-to-day. -day. When we put out a piece of content, I like to add maybe some sort of spreadsheet calculator that they can use or way, you know, way to map out something that they can just kind of fill in the blanks um, so that they can walk away with like a tangible asset. Um, and that's my, my goal today uh, about the way we do content. I, wa I don't want it to be listicles. I want it to be quality. I have moved away as much as possible from gated. Um, for example, we are doing video interview series uh, for ourselves. I don't gate that. Um, it, you know, we, I, I think that, you know, things like exit intent, uh, there was a time I was all over it. I just, I, I, I don't do that today. I don't, I, I think it, if somebody wants to learn more about you, they will take the effort to do it. Otherwise, it's just not quality. Wonderful. Um, and what kind, what kind of opportunities do you believe are, um, uh, or do you use to create content uh, for marketers that you think are, they're leaving on the table because they might not have the right resources out there? Yeah, so this is a great question. This goes back to my initial kind of conundrum, which is I'm a single, I'm a, I'm a lone marketer in the company. We don't have this big uh, library. We don't have a lot of resources. How can I scale content? So beyond the curation, the other thing that I realized is interviews, right? You're doing, we're doing it right now. Um, reaching out to thought leaders in our space and saying, hey, can we chat? I want to interview you for a blog. And I got interviews with some really um, well-known people in our space. Um, and those would turn into 5,000 word blog posts, right? And so, and then I could repurpose it and it helped me uh, myself. And what's interesting is that series, we did about 20 over the course of a year. Um, and we had some great content from that. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do is turn this into an ebook because there's a lot of value. There's lessons to be learned here. So I actually um, had developed a relationship with um, the folks at HubSpot, uh, actually through the newsletter is how I got the uh, that relationship uh, and said, hey, listen, I have done all these interviews. Um, there's some great content here. This is straight out of your playbook, which is take blog content and turn it into an ebook. Would you want to partner on this? Um, and we did. Uh, and so that ebook is out now. It's called, I think, 50 plus lessons from today's revenue leaders. It's a beautiful thing brought to you by HubSpot and RevOps. I would never have been able to work with a company like HubSpot on something like that had I not, you know, done all this work. And, and, and the truth is the, the, the actual content came from somebody else. I just put it on paper. Um, and so th there's a huge benefit to that. And it's really a scalable thing. The fact that you actually reached out and asked for help outside of the organization, partnered up with somebody and got it done, uh, rather than reaching inside the organization is like, good for you. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the reach now with HubSpot is greater than your own oh. company. So also good for you. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, good. That's 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 fantastic. Um, yeah. So shifting gears and and closing out. Also, um, uh, what's one or two things that you you could not work without? Like, is there a toy you love to fidget with? Is there a nice green plant just out of frame? Are you a, a pen and paper kind of person? What's what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I am quite a fidgety person, um, but I've actually started. Uh, exercising a little bit in the morning and that's actually helped with my fidgeting um i would say that i wouldn't be able to live or work without coffee obviously <laughs> yeah. um, it's an absurd amount of coffee um yeah but i uh you know i think that the things that i like the toys or the things that i like messing around with are actually uh like tools for work um and i've my my ceo has told me that he feels like i'm i get too geeked out on some of these tools and always kind of uh, you know, I'm a product hunt geek. I don't know if you're familiar with product hunt, but you know, people make products and they put it out on product hunt and you vote it to the top. Um, and there's just, you know, some really cool stuff in there. And so I go there every day and I test these things out, but I would say that in terms of work tools, I'm in HubSpot 99% of the day. Um, we shifted our CRM to HubSpot. We do a marketing in HubSpot. We do, we have the whole suite. Um, and so I am, you know, I have five HubSpot windows open right now. Um, and so I, I obviously that's a huge part of, of what I do every day. Um, Grammarly, I don't think I could live without Grammarly. I mean, just like the, uh, the, the difference, because no matter how many times I looked over a piece of content I've written, there was always a typo and that wasn't picked up. And Grammarly has been a lifesaver. And so those are things that I can't live without uh, and coffee. I forgot about Product Hunt. I used it a, a while back and now all of a sudden you're reminding me about it. So now it's going to be- Well, we have the same barber, I think. We have the same hairdo. We do. We do. And that <laughs> barber will be uh, will be ourselves, I'm sure. But uh, yes, um, uh, I love talking to uh, incredible marketer, marketers who are doing wonderful things in the world. I can't, I can't say you just said one thing. You said many things that were so- spectacular about what you're doing in the world and how you're doing it and how your approach is. And it's just so nice and refreshing to see how you're being innovative with what you're doing. And so I just love, love all, everything and all things about you. So thank you so much for spending time with Leetail today. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hi everyone, Spencer again from the Leetail team. I want to thank Mark Lerner again for being our guest on the show today. You can connect with Mark on LinkedIn um, at in slash Mark Z Lerner. Uh, you can also find more information about his company RevOps at GoRevOps on Twitter. If you like this episode or you want to watch the video version, head over to YouTube and search Leetail. You can find our channel there. You can also find more podcasts available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please let us know how we're doing. Leave a rating and a review if you have a second. And thank you so much. 